0: Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University.
1: And yet, not keeping promises is up by 10%. And that just makes you go... It's pretty basic. If you say to a customer, "You should do this," that you should do it. it
2: says the emotional connection. There's the, actually, I believe that you care about me and about customers. The bits that we've already talked about in terms of keeping your promises, designing the experience around me. And then that also leads into the reputation of the organization. Do I think that this organization is open and transparent? That's become a really big issue.
1: We had this interesting debate in the office about how do you crash a car safely, so we decided that we were going to take it up to a forest and reverse it into a tree. Then we got very environmentally friendly and said, actually, you don't want to reverse it into a living tree because maybe that will harm the tree, so we'll reverse it into this tree stump. Hi, this is Colin Shaw. Today, Ryan is in bed. He's in bed in the States. I happen to be in the UK and I took this opportunity whilst I was in England to get on the line, Joanne Coulson, who's the CEO of the Institute of Customer Service, because they've produced a, a really good piece of research that I wanted to talk to Joanne about. I think the research not just applies to clearly to the UK, but also to the USA as well. So welcome, Joanne. Nice to to have you on the podcast.
2: Thank you very much, Colin. It's great to be with you this morning.
1: So let me just make sure I introduce Joanne properly. First of all, the Institute of Customer Service in the UK is an independent uh, membership body that helps increase business performance through customer service. And in this world where automation and AI is taking over, Joe believes in the power of human interaction and service, and that's what we talk a lot about on this podcast. And over the last 10 years, Joe has driven membership of the Institute by over 150% to 500 members. And there are names such as Amazon and John Lewis. If you're listening from the States, if I say John Lewis, think of Nordstrom. In my view, they're sort of similar organizations. The Customer Satisfaction Index I believe Joe has been going for some time now, hasn't it?
0: Mm, it
2: has, Colin. So we've been running the UK Customer Satisfaction Index now for 10 years. And we run it twice a year and it's probably one of the largest surveys in the UK. And we use it as a barometer of customer satisfaction because it covers 13 different industry sectors and has over 45,000 uh, responses. So it's a pretty robust survey.
1: Those people that listen to the podcast at the beginning of the year will know that I, I did a podcast on the fact that Numwood and Forrester had produced some results that show that customer satisfaction... Uh, was declining. And that concerns me having been in the industry for some time. Uh, and I believe the results of this show a similar decline, uh, or showing a decline where those were mainly showing sort of flatlining. So can you talk us through some of the results, Lenjo?
2: Absolutely, Colin. And I would agree it is disappointing to see this decline. Now, customer satisfaction in the last two years, looking at the UK customer satisfaction index, which is what we utilize and do, has fallen. And it's fallen from 78.2 to 77.1. Now, that's not a huge fall, but we're starting to see a trend. And in the last six months, it's fallen more significantly. And when I look at, and the UK CSI measures across 13 Different industry sectors. And what is disappointing is generally we have seen a decline across all of that. Certain sectors have declined more than others, but there is definitely an ongoing trend here in terms of that decline. And the UK CSI measures what's important to you and I as customers and consumers. So it measures how professional the people are that we're interacting with, how helpful they are, how knowledgeable they are. And when it's online, you know, am I getting able to navigate and get the answers that I actually want? It measures how easy an organisation is to do business with, because in a world where it's increasingly more challenged and we're more challenged in terms of our time, we want to work with organisations that uh, make it easy for us. The third area is the product service experience. So does it do what I expected it to do for me? And the fourth area is around when it goes wrong, which it does go wrong, every organization will have its challenges around that. You know, how well do you recover that? And does that feel like that, you know, you're really listening to me? And then the fifth area is around timeliness. And what is interesting, uh, in January of this year, we added in a number of other dimensions, which I know we'll talk about, uh, Colin, which are all around emotional connection ethics, do I think that this organisation is doing the right thing? And what we have seen is overall, satisfaction is falling. And the reason why I think it is falling is probably a number. Of aspects. One, you and I as consumers are probably more challenging and more demanding than we have been because we have less monies in our pockets and we have higher expectations and that is true. However, we're also seeing that organisations are broadly not, I think, investing as much as they need to in really understanding the customer, designing the customer experience through the lens of the customer rather than through the lens of the organisation, training and development Developing their people sufficiently. We touched on this whole area of empathy. So And this is disappointing, and I know that you will share this uh, same issue with me, because we know, Colin, and all of us in the industry sector know that where organizations, my own research shows this, where organizations consistently outperform uh, in their sector, they will get much better financial returns. You know, other research that the Institute has done will show a 10% higher EBITDA, so profitability, higher levels of productivity inside the organization, repeat purchases, loyalty, etc., where an organisation consistently outperforms in terms of customer sat. So, this really does matter to our economies and to us as businesses and getting it right and consistently right is a prize worth going for.
1: Yeah, and, I, I, you know, I, 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 we, we obviously say the same things um, and believe the same things. So sometimes I, I feel like it's preaching to the converted, basically. Um, but but I guess the interesting thing for me is that, um, you know, if you look at the, the focus on custom experience, so um, we were talking before the, the, we started the recording again, you know, we've been doing this stuff since 2002. If you look at the focus on this, If you look at the numbers of people that have now, you know, in customer service teams and um, you know the various CRM software and customer feedback um, software that you can buy now, I guess I just find it really Mm. disappointing that despite all of that resource that's been pumped into it, that it 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 still doesn't seem to uh, be showing through, Uh, and and that makes me wonder whether part of the issue is people are focusing on the wrong things Uh, they're they're not focusing on the things that are that are creating value for the organization or creating value further for the customer does that make sense
2: it does make sense. And I think I guess there's two things I would say is it's not all doom and gloom. And mm-hmm. there are a number of organizations that are doing exceptionally well. So, you know, if we go back to the UK CSI and I look consistently at the top ten, and there are a number of organizations that are always in the top ten of the UK CSI. You know, people like Amazon, people like John Lewis, people like First Direct, which is a bank in the UK and nationwide, you know, there are a number next, which is another reason. Taylor, there are a number of organizations that consistently perform well. And therefore, you know, for me, it's having a real hard look about what is it that those organizations do. And you've touched on this already, Colin. So organizations that are performing well are doing the things which I've already talked about, you know, really focusing on the development of their people, making sure this is a boardroom issue, measuring what's important to the customer not just what our own systems and processes can do. That brilliant, blend between virtual experiences and a personal experience and knowing when to to deploy whichever uh, aspect of it and I think that is important you know it's not about uh, technology versus people it's about that blend and we're certainly seeing you know you and I I am sure you know it's 12 o'clock at night Colin I don't want to talk to somebody I don't need to talk to somebody if I'm booking tickets or my rail journey or my you know I'm buying a pint of milk I'm trying to stand and go you know don't need to have that but there are other things which are intrinsically personal things to me when i do need to have that human interaction and that degree of empathy and that degree of understanding and i think where organizations are getting it right they understand that and they're designing genuinely designing the customer experience around you and i the customer
1: yeah yeah and i I think the interesting part for me is that first direct is a telephone bank in the uk Uh, they've always been top or there are thereabouts john lewis as i said is a bit like nordstrom have always been there so for me it it just points back to this it's a cultural thing you know that it has to be in the dna of the organization and, and that that sort of starts to and so in the report you you again talk about the excessive focus on the short term and and you know this is not a short-term issue is it
2: I couldn't agree more. And I think, you know, again, what we see in other research from the Institute is those organisations that really focus on this and really drive this from the very top. And it's not just lip service. It's something they really care about over the period of time. And it is a period of time because you're it is about culture. You know, those are the ones that do outperform. You also see, you know, what brilliant organisations do they do obsess about getting the basics right. They do obsess about making sure that the experience is a good experience. They look at reducing problems, not just recovery. You know, often organizations focus too much on, I've had a complaint to the, how do we recover that? You know, rather than using the information and the data to improve the customer experience. So, you know, and often we will, because we're driven to be a bit short term, just focus on on the outcome of that rather than actually thinking about how we can improve that further they're up they understand customer objectives and the personal context and i think that's what has changed sure. you know and again going back to the report one of the things that i found quite interesting this time round was that if you are brilliant at a customer experience that really matters to me, so you know something that might be intensely personal to me, and you handle that really, really well, then my levels of customer satisfaction are significantly improve. So for me, there's a really interesting point about organisations working out what's important on a personal context to me as a consumer or as a customer, sure. and making sure we get that really right and you know and do that consistently well
1: yeah and one of the things that we've talked a lot about on on this podcast is the irony is is that sometimes people don't know what they want so this sort of emotional connection part that you've talked about you know it's the classic bit about you know disney know when they ask people what they want to eat at the theme park is that people say they want to have a salad disney also know that people don't eat salads at theme parks, they eat hot dogs and hamburgers. So what we have in the work that we've done know that is that people don't necessarily say, I want this organization to care for me, or to feel valued, don't want to necessarily feel valued. But actually, those are the things that drive a great deal of customer satisfaction. So the irony of sometimes of this, this type of stuff is that you you have to not just take what the customer tells you, but dig underneath it to find out what some of the true motivations are and some of that sort of human behavioral stuff.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, ultimately we are human and therefore, you know, responding to our need, understanding, and you've mentioned the words, things like reassurance, trust, in a world which is much more challenged than it has ever been, where organizations build levels of trust and understanding they definitely help to build that customer experience yeah. and also connected to that and I think this is really important about data so I'm sure you've talked about this many many times about collecting data you yeah. know many organizations say they've got big data the truth is they've got a lot of data not necessarily big data um, but the really really fascinating thing for me is about how you use data so if you use data to improve that customer experience So, you know, I've said X, you know, I'd like to be called at this time and you actually do follow that through or I like my information or I like to be called Joe or whatever it might be. And you follow that through from a service experience, you do increase customer satisfaction. If you use data to continually try to sell me more things, that does not achieve that level of satisfaction. So I think sometimes really thinking about what we're doing with the data that we're collecting and how we're using that as organizations is more important than we have possibly thought of in the past because you and i won't give our data if we don't trust an organization if we don't believe that the motivation of that organization is in our best interests and organizations really need to think about that colin
1: I agree, and it, it, so let me try and tie a couple of things together because I find this that one of these stats are really incredible from the report. So you were talking about obviously the focus on the you know the basics, and there you're talking about sort of reliability and trust and building those things, and yet not keeping promises is up by up by ten percent, and that just makes you go, it's pretty basic to to if you say to a customer. You should do this. That you should do it. So, any you know, and ten percent's big. big. So, any any thoughts on why that it came out as so high? It's
2: such a big jump. Yeah, and I agree. And it is a worry. And it's back to this overall kind of trend. And I think, you know, this comes back to, are we focusing on the short term or are we really focusing on the longer term? Because we have to focus on the longer term. And that means if we've said that we're going to do something, you have to follow through on that. And I agree that is incredibly disappointing to see that jump. Now, that might be, and I asked, you know, so what's the data that sits behind that? And there could be a number of, uh, you know, not phoning me back when you said that you were going to phone me back, not delivering at the time that you said that you were going to deliver to me. So some of this is logistics and making sure that you get the logistics right. Some of it is also managing the customer. So, you know, if you... uh, uh, going to promise to do something, then do it to your point. If you can't do it, then also be honest. I mean, I'm not unreasonable as a customer. I just want to know, you know, I don't want to wait in all afternoon if you genuinely are not going to turn up. (laughs) You know, it's that whole kind of thing about having much better dialogue rather than uh, just monologue, you know, we will do. It's about really understanding the customer and then, as you said, absolutely delivering in it. And it is unforgivable if we promise to do something, not to do it. Or keeping us informed as well Colin you know again I'm not unreasonable uh, consumer or customer I understand that challenges happen things don't always get delivered in the way that we want them delivered but actually keep me informed and be honest with me because then that helps me to kind of manage myself and my timings too.
0: training your frontline team on how to create memories in your customers by evoking their emotions Beyond Philosophy's unique and proven training methodology, Memory Maker Training. Contact Beyond Philosophy by going to beyondphilosophy.com slash contact. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash contact.
1: It's interesting, actually, because clearly one of the new organizations that uh, that have uh, joined over the last, um, I don't know, 10, 15 years, I guess, uh, must be Amazon. Mm. the 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 vast majority of interactions that you have with amazon are are online and yet they're appearing in the in the research as being good and i think they're good and and i trust them and i think i've only ever spoken to them once or twice but that sort of do they do what they say they're going to do and keep their promises Yeah. yeah they do And, you know, to your point about do they keep you informed? Yeah, Yeah, they do. It's all in one place and it's all online and, you know, all the rest of it. So there's part of me that still goes, this is not rocket science, actually. And just surprised that people surprised to see just such a big jump in it in, in that number as well.
2: And you are right, Colin. You are absolutely right. The number one thing is an organisation needs to be able to deliver on what it's promising to deliver. You can be a well-loved brand, but if you can't get it out the door when you're saying that you're getting it out the door, if you can't actually respond when you said that you're going to respond, then that is, you're absolutely right. That is a 101. And Amazon do consistently well on that. And also, if you have a problem, they will actually rectify it. And they obsess about their data and their information about trying to get it right and the and the logistics I think as we go forward, that combination of being absolutely brilliant at the experience, but also some of the more emotional factors will start to build too. So those organizations, as we look to the forward, that are brilliant at both the e- execution and delivering consistently well, but also the, the broader bits about, you know, do I feel connected to this organization? Do I believe in this organization? All of those things will grow in importance, which is why, you know, without agreeing with you uh, yet again but which is why the whole thing for me Colin about building long-term customer experience strategies embedding this the culture inside our organizations training and developing our people appropriately thinking about that brilliant blend between transactional and relationship is absolutely the future
1: you said I think at the beginning about the fact that you said that the numbers have declined even more in the last six months is there any brexit effect here and because i'm sitting here thinking to myself actually you know what come october the 31st the danger is supply chains are going to get even more stretched and and the pressure that's going to be on the customer service teams are going to be even greater because you know the danger is products and services won't be uh, available if you take the no deal brexit scenario so i don't want to get in the politics of it obviously but do you think there's any brexit effect on these numbers
2: I think what I do think is that organisations are either going forwards or backwards they're never standing still and when you have uncertainty so whether that's economic uncertainty political uncertainty all of those things organisations become quite internally focused so there could be that organisations have been focusing on other things now obviously and we would say this wouldn't we there is nothing more important than the customer so the reality is is that you cannot delay a focus on the customer because that will only uh, exasperate the issues or the problems so now more than ever you know and particularly in the UK 80% of our GDP in the UK is services. Nearly 80% of our workforce are in customer-related roles. So, this really matters to the UK economy. It's not just about business or individual performance. This matters to the UK economy. So, I've got a very clear message that if you're not focusing on the end-to-end customer experience now, you certainly need to be doing. And actually, we need to be doing more and more of that if the UK is to uh, continue to be seen as a great place to you know, come and trade with and visit and be part of that customer experience. So actually, in a way, Colin, I would see this as a real opportunity for the UK to demonstrate how brilliant it is at service. Because where it does, it does get those overall returns. So I think, Yes, like every organisation, it is challenging at the moment. I think the uncertainty never helps organisations, but this is an area where you can be certain. This is something you can control. And I think, you know, getting organizations to really think about that, you have the ability to control your customer experience. You have the ability to develop and train your people. You have the ability to think about what systems you want to actually do. And no, you won't be able to control the complete, all of your supplier issues, but you can control quite a lot of it. And I think, you know, really thinking about this now as a way of differentiating yourself and making sure that you're still here the longer term is really really important so there's opportunity i would see it as an opportunity
1: okay so let's just explore the last part here about this sort of emotional connection side of things because this is an area that that we we tend to focus on as well So can you tell me a bit about what you're looking at and what some of the results have been?
2: What we're looking at is I trust this organisation and this organisation makes me feel reassured. And the reason why we've brought that is about really the wider conversation that we're having, Colin, about the world is much more challenging and therefore, you know, do I want to interact with an organisation that I trust and an organisation that I think has got my best interests at heart? And certainly that is absolutely important and having that kind of uh, you know does this organization it's not just a transaction it's a relationship and i think that yeah, you know certainly for certain purchases for certain activities it needs to be more than a transaction and where organizations are able to do that i mean it's really about the brand and the positioning of the brand and there are three elements for me around this there's the emotional connection there's the actually i believe that you care about me and about customers the the bits that we've already talked about in terms of keeping your promises designing the experience around me and then that also leads into the reputation of the organisation. Do I think that this organisation is open and transparent? That's become a really big issue, actually, and really important. And do I think that this organisation does the right business practices? And those sort of kind of newer dimensions around what we've called emotional connection, customer ethos and ethics are absolutely, I think, are going to become more and more important. It doesn't stop the fact that we have to deliver brilliant customer experiences but these things are becoming i think very relevant and more important as we go through
1: and particularly what i picked up in the report was where an experience has a high personal importance i guess that could be an insurance claim or uh, when something goes wrong that it's important to you then that emotional side becomes even more important
2: and when we do that well you know, when we resolve that issue well, and it's a highly personal or emotional aspect, our customer satisfaction significantly increases and our positivity towards that organisation significantly increases. You know, we all have things that are really important to us. My mum is massively important to me and I know that when she's treated well, I feel more you know positively disposed towards that organisation. So when there are things which mean a lot to me, then that's a really great opportunity for the organization to really make a difference. And it's just those personal things, those little things which show that they care. I mean, a completely um, random example for you, but my mum actually had, won't bore you with all the details, but quite a nasty accident. She fell down the stairs. We were supposed to go on holiday we couldn't go on holiday together we claimed the insurance and you know her insurance company wrote to her and rather than just say here's your check they wrote to her you know with i really hope that you're better i hope the leg is healed i hope this has happened yeah that they didn't send flowers they didn't do but they actually acknowledged that she was a human being and they responded to her in a very personal way and that actually meant an awful lot to my mum and it actually meant an awful lot to me so it's those personal touches and that connectivity that i think is going to become even more
1: important colin i totally agree and it's uh, surprising And, and those things the irony is they don't cost a lot of money basically it's, it's not necessarily about sending the flowers or whatever else. It's just uh, acknowledging that there's a human being at the other end yeah. of the phone. Yeah. I always remember we were doing a piece of research for an insurance company in England. And this company asked us to, we were trying to look at their customer experience. So we were putting ourselves in the, the place of the customer. So they asked us to crash a car, okay? Okay which is an interesting task. How do you crash a car safely? And then and then they wanted us to do this claim and go through the whole claims process to be able to feed back to them the results. So we had this interesting debate in the office about how do you crash a car safely? So we decided that we were going to take it up to a forest and reverse it into a tree. Then we got very environmentally friendly and said, actually, you don't want to reverse it into a living tree because maybe that would harm the tree. So we'll reverse it into this tree stump anyway. Long and short of it was well, we we did that and we then phoned the insurance company to make the claim or, or report the accident. And guess what the first question was when we went through to the insurance company and said, we just had an accident. Guess what the first question was? Can
2: you give me your
1: insurance number? Correct. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, clearly the feedback we gave them was, it'd just be nice for you to have said, yeah. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know.
2: And that's where process gets in the way of the human interconnection. Because of course they need the, the the policy number because they need to check all of those sorts of things. But you know, it, it is about, yeah, just pausing for a minute and seeing if you can make that human connection, if you can be but there's one thing about that which I think is really important is it's got to be authentic and not just a process. So I agree, Colin. It's about, you know, coming from the heart. You know, in the UK, we talk a lot about this. I'm sure you do also in the States around bringing your whole self to work, you know, allowing your people to be able to do the best and be the best that they possibly can. But that has to feel right. And it has to be, you've got to have quite high emotional intelligence to really be able to connect with that person and about whether it's okay to, to call Colin Colin or would he prefer to be called Mr. Shaw? You know, all of those sorts of kind of things are important nuances that actually really understanding your customer. And this is what it comes back to really, really understanding your customer and how that customer wants to be treated at a particular time. Because there are some times when actually I'm okay, as we talked about it, for to be machine-orientated, completely non-emotional, completely no connection, because actually it's a very big, important transaction for me, or it's just a transactional activity.
1: No, absolutely. Absolutely. The interesting part for me is, I mean, I, I go back and forth to the States, you know, every six weeks, and we deal with clients both sides of the pond. Everything you've said is exactly the same in the States. Yeah, you know, the, there's no difference basically it's the same type of issues it's the same cultural issues or, or lack of them it's the same focus on the short term uh, etc so I'm, I'm i'm sure people listening to this podcast from the states will recognize a lot of what you're saying as well
2: there is opportunity and we know don't we that those organizations that genuinely focus on this will outperform and I think that's a really important thing. You can reduce your costs by delivering better customer experience. Yeah, you know, I've got loads of evidence that shows that you can improve your loyalty, your reputation, your recommendation, your client base, all of those things by really focusing on all the things that we have talked about. And for every, you know, organisation that's above average, you know, over a longer period, as I said, five to eight year period, their profitability is nearly 10% more than those that are. Low average. So that is something that we really need to hold on to.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. So we always end the podcast, Joe, by asking one simple question which is what can people do? So just, you know, are there any practical things that you think that that people can do as a result of, you know, this this report and and go away and start to implement?
2: Absolutely, because I agree with you. It is about being practical. So for me, you know... Seriously, looking at what causes the problems inside the organisation, so not just doing recovery, really kind of go back through that that chain and try to work out what are where are those pain points and look to eradicate those, which is a, a clear thing. Harnessing the use of digital for the right customer experiences, but also developing that emotional empathy and intelligence. So you know, training and developing your people appropriately for the situations that you are in. And I think above all, try to really understand what the objectives and personal context is for that customer because I think if we can build some connectivity and understand what the customer is trying to do and how they're trying to navigate and therefore really think what I call outside in, you know, your perfect example of the claim in the insurance company really trying to understand as a customer what am i trying to do and really have that relentless focus on the customer and that customer experience will make a massive difference absolutely and will drive those returns
1: some great advice so thank you very much for uh, joining us today if people wanted to get hold of you joe or get hold of the institute then how how is it best that they do that
2: Absolutely. So you can find us instituteofcustomerservice.com. You can always email me directly. Uh, always very happy to hear from anybody. And I'm joe.corson at icsmail.co.uk. But you can certainly find us on the website and always very happy to help any organisation if we possibly can.
1: Great. And we do a blog after the show as well. So we'll obviously put a link in on the blog to, to the site as well.
2: Brilliant brilliant and thank you Colin and uh, you know I think the more that we can all you know there are a lot of good people that are working very hard and I think recognizing that and you know and understanding uh, that you know you can make a real difference in this field and will make a really difference if you just relentlessly focus on it
1: yeah no totally agree always nice to meet a kindred kindred spirit I'm sure in 10 years time the satisfaction index will be far greater than it is um, or far higher than it is today. So That's, thanks very much for your time and look forward to maybe talking to you at another point. Thank you.
2: Okay. Thank you.
0: This has been the intuitive customer with Colin Shaw and professor Ryan Hamilton, but it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.